What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Blair Nelson on our episode today. You guys, she is a fertility blogger. Uh, Her mission is putting a voice to a topic that is too often ignored, which is so up my alley. And I'm so excited to hear her story for the first time with you guys. So with that being said, Blair, I'm going to throw it at you and just let you start wherever you'd like. Okay, awesome. Um, Good morning. So I have a pretty long story, even though I've only been trying to conquer infertility for about 12 months now. So I'll try to get through it really quickly. Um, So my husband and I have been married a year and a half. We got married in September of 2017. So basically, I am, I'm almost 33. He's um, almost 32. And so for us, we knew we wanted to start a family right away. So basically, um, as soon as we got married on our honeymoon, we were like, hey, let's, let's start trying and, and figure it out. So um, started trying and, you know, so naive at that point. It was like, oh, wouldn't it be so awesome to get, you know, pregnant on our honeymoon in Maui? Um, and little did we know that was going to be the furthest thing <laughs> from what was actually going to happen. So um, we tried for about say six months before I really thought to myself, well, first of all, I am super type A. I'm a planner. I'm a girl that loves a calendar. Um, and, and, you know, I just need to know the next steps. Always like looking towards the next thing. Like, okay, I'm married now. Now we need a baby. Um, not always the best way to look at life, but that's how <laughs> I am. Um, so anyway, um, after about six months, I was like, you know what? I, I want to be proactive what can I do? So my ob at the time was totally not on board with that. She's like, you're young, you have time. I'm sure everyone listening to this is rolling their eyes because that's the worst thing to hear, especially yes. if you're, if you're to the point where you're suffering infertility. But um, anyway, so I was just like, all right, we're not jiving. I am going to you know, talk to some friends of mine that are further along in the journey and see who they are, are seeing as their just general OB-GYN and I'm going to try to try someone new. So went and made an appointment with someone that a girlfriend of mine who just got pregnant through an IUI was seeing and really, really loved him. And he said, you know, if you want to be proactive, let's just get a sperm analysis done. You know, that's the, the cheapest, quickest diagnostic testing we can do. Um, so w- convinced my husband <laughs> to do that, which isn't always easy That's a topic no. for a whole nother day. Yeah. Um, so we did that and, you know, I remember I was at a work event on a golf course to get this call and I could just tell by the tone of his voice, like, it's not great. So he was just like, you know, in, in all parameters, it's not ideal. So I was like, oh shit, what is that? What does that mean for us? I mean, I don't even know. I, I, I know nothing. 
Um, and he was like, I, I mean, it's, it's to the point where it's not terrible, but I, I would recommend if you're wanting to be proactive, I would recommend you immediately go to a reproductive endocrinologist and start talking about IVF. So it went from zero to 60 very quickly, six months into our marriage, which was crazy. So um, we went and met with our doctor who um, we've had from day one. Absolutely love her. Her Instagram is Natalie Crawford, MD. I have to give her a shout out. She's amazing. And she also has a podcast called As a Woman. Um, anyway, we went to her and, and through just kind of our initial consult, found out that um, my husband and, and, you know, the, the typical testing they have you do, genetic testing, all that fun stuff. My husband also has a balanced translocation, which basically means two of your chromosomes flip flop perfectly. So you're a normal human being. But what that means for uh, your re you know, reproduction is that you run a really high risk of there being an unbalanced translocation. Um, and therefore, either you would have a natural miscarriage or your baby would be born with disabilities. So um, we had double factor male infertility, which is fun. <laughs> um, so anyway, we jumped right into IVF. Uh, we did the retrieval, I think, two months later. I mean, so I just happened to be at the doctor right at the beginning of my cycle. And she was like, well, you want to start today? <laughs> and I was oh, like, wow. I know. I was like, well, why not? Let's do it. So yeah. um, we got started right away. Our retrieval was in um, July of 2018. And we got, we had great results. We got 34 eggs, um, 31 fertilized, 17 made it to day five and six. So we sent 17 off for PGS testing and because of translocation, like the, the statistics are that you only get a fourth of your embryos uh, will be normal. So we got four out of 17, which is about on par with what research tells us. So anyway, we have four frozen, um, two day five, two day six, two boys, two girls. Um, so went right into an FET uh, August of 18. Negative, did not work. Did, went right back into another one September and we got pregnant. So we were super excited. We, this September, October are big months for us. It's our wedding anniversary. We're both, we both have our birthdays within five days of each other. So, um, on our anniversary dinner, we, uh, decided to find out the sex and it was a girl. So we were super excited. Um, we had this trip planned for, um, London and Paris to celebrate our birthdays, our one year anniversary. And of course we're like, shit, like, can we go on this trip? Because I'm pregnant now, it's early, you know, it's an IVF pregnancy. They're a little bit more sensitive than normal ones, the implantation, blah, blah, blah. So we went to our doctor, like, can we go on this trip? And she said, I have no reason I think that you can't go on this trip. So go enjoy it. Um, and beforehand, right before we had an appointment where we did see the heartbeat and we heard the heartbeat. So we felt really good about that. So that was about six weeks. Um, Went on our trip, had a great time. Um, you know, it was just awesome. It's Paris and London. What's not mm -hmm. to love? So um, didn't, you know, nothing weird happened along the way. We, um, we did miss our flight on the way home because <laughs> of traffic. So we did end up getting, <laughs> we did end up getting home a little bit later. So we had to move our, our uh, checkup appointment with our RE. And when we went in the day after we got back, she you know, it was just like, okay, um, this isn't looking good. And, you know, as the wand is doing its thing, um, 
uh, I can't find the heartbeat. She could still see the yolk sac and still see something, but she also saw some hemorrhaging in uh, near the, where the placenta was supposed to be growing. And so she, this was on a Friday and she said, you know, guys, I, I hate to do this to you, but I, I'm going to have to send you home and wait this out over the weekend to see if this, she was, she was afraid that the blood was clotting the image of the actual you know, baby. Okay. So um, sent us home. I mean, it's the worst feeling ever. It's like, is my baby dead yeah. or is it, is its heart still beating? Kind of just so, sitting in that limbo. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have to do that. And that's like really difficult. Oh, so difficult. The longest like 48 hours of my life. Um, but you know, still somehow found this tiny glimmer of hope. You know, I feel like we're so good at that. Um, going through infertility. It's like, we always find a little bit of hope to hang on to. So Went back in on Monday and she confirmed that the baby wasn't growing. There was no heartbeat. And, you know, she's super, she's the best bedside manner ever. So sweet. I mean, I consider her a friend now and was just like, I'm so sorry, guys. And gave us our options. You know, we could see if it would pass naturally, give me medicine. Or, you know, if I just didn't want to do any of that, we, they, we could do a DNC. So, what I said, you know, to me, I was like, if there's all that bleeding there already and I'm not bleeding at all, ex- like it's not coming out, mm-hmm. I-, I kind of want to take the medicine and just be sure that it's going to do its thing. So, um, you know, as soon as she walked out of the room, I mean, I screamed, I cried, I like threw, ripped the paper off the table. I was so pissed. I was yeah. like, how, how is this? And I mean, my husband's looking at me like, oh, my God, what happened to this woman? Um, <laughs> She is crazy, but, um, it, you know, and he's trying to comfort me and I'm like, no, like, th- you know, like this is, how is this happening? Like I knew we shouldn't have gone on the trip. Like, oh just, yeah. You just um, start blaming. Oh, mm-hmm. immediately. Like the trip, I shouldn't have lifted the luggage. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have walked up the stairs. We shouldn't have gone on this hike, all this stuff, you know, um, it's just downward spiral big time. Well, anyway, so then um, took the medicine, uh, the next day. Thankfully this was all like, or, well, actually I think I had to wait till the weekend to take the medicine. So yeah, that's right. So the entire week I was just sitting there with this dead baby inside of me, which is just the most, that was the most torturous part, to be honest. I mean, um, it's just so disturbing in so many ways to think about it. And I just couldn't let myself go there. Um, anyway, so the weekend comes around, I take the pills, you know, and just sitting there waiting from like, when am I going to start cramping? When am I going to start feeling this? And, you know, 12 hours later, or maybe even less, it kicks in, not to get into the details, but I pass the placenta and the, I mean, you couldn't even, didn't look like a baby at that point, but yeah. definitely it was more than a period. Like um, large clotting. Yes. That kind yeah, of, yeah, totally. Totally. And it was like, totally wigged me out. Um, but I was glad, I mean, I was thankful that my body was doing its thing. I really was. I was like, because if it doesn't work, then you have to go in and do the DNC anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was thankful. Um, so anyway, at that point, my doctor was, was thinking, well, you know, what is going on? Like, there's nothing wrong with her that we, that we think anyway. I mean, we've done some preliminary diagnostic testing. Nothing seems to be wrong with her. There's these are PGS normal embryos. So we decided to do an ERA, uh, which is an endometrial, endometrial receptivity analysis, which basically just tells the RE if, they're, if they are transferring the right day. So in my case, my uterus was pre-receptive on the day that 
um, they would typically transfer, which means that it was not ready yet. So my, my receptors were not in, in an ideal stage to receive um, an embryo. So, um, for, so now we're two embryos down. We have two left. Um, that was, we did the ERA in December, did another FET in January with a day six, failed, did another one in February with a day six, failed. So here I am now um, in April, it's April, right? <laughs> April. <Yeah. laughs> um, in April. And it's been, you know, after the, the last failed one, we, you know, we took a beta in March. Um, I've had a bunch going on. My brother's getting married. So because I wasn't pregnant, I did get to go on a bachelorette party to Nashville for my future sister-in-law. Will and I decided, you know what, like this cycle is over. Let's take a trip. We went to Monterey, California. It was amazing. Um, but now we're kind of back to reality and, um, you know, next steps for us are, um, we're going to do another egg retrieval in May. And then we're going to do a bunch more diagnostic testing on him and me. So they have my, my husband's seen the urologist and he's now on Clomid. He's on um, some different vitamin supplements, uh, vitamin C, and I forget the other one, just to try and see if we can increase parameters, even in the slightest. I mean, there's plenty for an IVF sample, but just any, they're trying to throw anything they can at it. For me, they're going to do an HSG to make sure there's no fallopian tube blockages causing swelling and then causing like toxic leaks into my uterus. Um, they're going to do a uh, uterine biopsy to see if I have silent endometriosis perhaps. And then they're also going to test my natural killer cells. And I don't know if anyone knows anything about that, but basically if you have a high count, some argue that your natural killer cells are what kicks your immune, immune system into gear. Um, and if they're elevated, then perhaps like your body thinks a baby is a foreign body, especially with a frozen embryo transfer and starts attacking it. So they can treat that with intralipid IVs and basically just suppresses your immune system. So a long road ahead with diagnostic yeah. testing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess on the miscarriage front at that time, I thought it was the end of the world. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm never going to recover from this. I'm in, I mean, still every single day I think about it. It's mm -hmm. just something that just changes you. Yeah. Um, but the entire reason I started um, blogging um, with fab fertility is because it was right after my miscarriage and I, my husband, God love him, um, is he processes internally. He, when he sees me upset, it upsets him. And it's very hard to process these hard things with him, like in real time, yes. because he has a hard time with that. So very normal. Yeah. I'm so, with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and I, and I try to be mindful of the way he processes too, but I'm just mm -hmm. like, why don't you want to talk to me every minute yeah. of every day? Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I really, I started my fab fertility Instagram account, um, to, to not only like share my story because I, I am a Google whore. Oh, I mean, I am too. I, I'm like, I have learned so much shit over the course of mm -hmm. this journey that I might as well share it with other people because, you know, if I have the question, I know tens of thousands of other women do too. So I started, do you to get, do you get a ton of questions? Like, oh my gosh, like yes. totally doctor type questions. Yes. I'm always like, well, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they're like, yeah, I'll get some that are like, 
okay, I need advice on my pro my IVF protocol. I'm like, whoa, I am totally not your girl. Not qualified I- <laughs> for this, but yeah. Google says. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, well, this is what I would do if I were you. I would ask my doctor, this is, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I tried to make it very clear. I am not. I'm yeah. not an MD. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to share my story, um, share what I had learned. But honestly, too, I was seeking support. Yeah. I was seeking seeking support um, from people who had been through it before. And you know, it's crazy. I, I've listened to your podcast several different episodes, and I feel like everyone has said this, and it's so true, is that when you go through it and you're open about it, you, you would be surprised at the people in your life that come um, come to you with a similar experience. Like I already knew my mom and had a miscarriage and, but my mom was more open than she's ever been about it with me after she knew I had gone through it. One of my Mm -hmm. very best friends shared with me that she had had a stillbirth at like 20 weeks. I mean, I never had any idea. And it's just, you know, being open about it, it it gives people, it opens a door for people to come and be open with you if, and they might not otherwise. And it's healing for you. It's healing for them. And I've just been so amazed. The bond is insane. Like when you, when you, you find so much comfort talking to somebody else who gets it. Like you don't really find that unless somebody has been through it. No, totally. I mean, and it's, yeah. And, and, and I think even if, even if somebody has, um, a partner, whether it's man or woman who is willing to be open and supportive in real time. And we'll talk, talk to you about it, especially if it's a man, I would say that female bond, like you said, um, when you've gone through the same thing, it's just so different. So even if your husband is, is the opposite of mine and we'll, and we'll talk your ear off about it. I still would encourage people to, um, find support in other women, especially on Instagram and through, you know, listening Mm -hmm. to these podcasts, because it's, it's our bodies. It's our bodies yes. that are going through it. It's our connection. Husbands don't have the same connection to, you know, the baby, the, you know, the, the full experience as women do. So it's just nice to hear from other women and kind of, I always say us girls, us gals just got to stick together. <laughs> oh, totally. No, it's so true. It's so true. So yeah, I, I yeah, it's just crazy. And, and like I said, it just seems like at the time it was just, it overtook my life and, mm-hmm. and people kept saying to me, you know, you'll look back and this will just be part of your journey. And I don't even have a baby in my arms yet. And I can look back and say that, you know, so mm-hmm. there is hope that time does heal, um, you know, building your support system, whether that, you know, going and and finding your own support system is just so so important. So anyway, that was my whole mission with Fab Fertility was, you know, if it, and I always say, like in some of my posts, I'll sign off and say, just because fertility is hard doesn't mean it can't be fabulous. And I mean that in so many ways. I mean, embracing our bodies and the changes they go through, embracing each other, and, you know, embracing our hardships. It's all a fabulous thing that we're doing. I mean, we're trying to create a life. So yeah, totally. Yeah. It's super empowering and I don't know about you, but like, don't you feel like you've learned so much about yourself? Oh, that, like... 100%. I mean, I'm a completely different person mm-hmm. than I was a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I know, I feel like it's really, um, my priorities are clear, more clear now. I, I care so much more about what I'm putting into my body, um, food wise, like just yeah. home, home 
goods wise, like shampoo and cleaners. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm just so like hyper aware of everything yeah. now. And even just being so much more aware of like other people too. Oh, 100%. I think that's one thing that like I learned a lot about was like what people were going through that I had no idea. Oh, I know. Going through, you well, know. Yeah, yeah. Like just the other day I was, you know, I was driving and some lady cut me off and I was about to honk at her and I was like, you know what? Maybe what if she, if this is so silly, but like, this is what this experience has trained my mind to do. What if she just took a negative pregnancy test and it was negative? Yeah. Like, and, and she's just fucking pissed. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not going to honk at her. Like, I, I just, you know, I'm trying to be more aware of what people are going through because, you know, I've appreciated sympathy or, you know, empathy from other people along the way. Um, so yeah, it's, It's a a crazy ride. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. If you had one piece of advice, which I feel like you've already thrown out a ton, but like that one piece that's like so important for somebody who's in a similar position as you, what would that be? I would say to learn to get yourself out of the negative the negative mindset, the negative self-talk, um, the, oh, this is never going to happen for me mentality. Um, I've done a lot of work with a fertility life coach. Her name's Spencer Broussard. Um, she has an amazing Instagram account and a podcast called The Fertile Ground. Um, but anyway, I hired her to help me with that because I was just, it was in my head so much. Um, just like this, I have the worst luck ever. This is never going to happen for me. Well, of course this, this transfer didn't work because it's Blair Nelson's life. Of course, you know, you just feel so sorry for yourself. And what she's, what she's taught me is just because you think that, and just because your mind leads you down that road does not make that true at Mm -hmm. all. Like, you know, I would tell myself, I'm never going to get pregnant. And she'd say, Blair, you did though. (laughs) You did get pregnant, you know? And so like, I would just say, get out of your head, figure out whatever tool it is to bring yourself back to the reason you're putting yourself through all this. It's Mm -hmm. because you want to create a life and because you love somebody enough to do that with them. And yeah, and yeah, that would, that would be it. And it's a lot easier than it, or it's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to say than it is to figure out, but yeah, that would be it. Keep your eyes on the prize. That's what I That's always say. Exactly right. <laughs> yep. Light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, awesome. And then one last thing: if somebody does want to reach out to you or follow along with your story, yeah. where can they find you? Well, um, I'm most active on Instagram because that's kind of where I started. Um, so it's at Fab Fertility. F A B. I love that name, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I also have Pinterest. Same Fab Fertility. Um, if you want to reach out to me via email, I would love that Blair Nelson, B L A I R Nelson at fabfertility.com. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm somewhat active on Facebook fab fertility as well. Um, but I'm trying to start a YouTube channel and my own podcast. So I'm working on a lot. Yeah. I'm working on a lot, but Instagram is where I would start for sure. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, yes. thank you so much, Blair. And I'm thank so excited you. to follow along on your future endeavors as well with the pod. I'm really excited for your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'll have to have <laughs> you on. YouTube. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Blair. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.